We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Dan Patrick Show. Say hello to Frank Caliendo. They all put their pants on one leg in a chat. Weekdays from 10 to 1 on the Sports Leader. 96.1 WSBT. He's Sean. I'm Darren. Sportsbeat continues. Let's talk some Notre Dame football with the publisher of IrishBreakdown.com, Brian Driscoll. Brian, let's get right to it. We had a chance to hear a few comments from Brian Kelly earlier this week at a Kelly Cares Foundation golf tournament, and the offensive line was one of the topics. I don't think we learned a whole lot from his comments other than when really pushed about Jared Patterson, he said his best position is actually at the center spot, where he has spent a good amount of time, of course, before getting hurt last year. So I guess I have two questions. First, I'll just go with this. Do you agree, before we get into this conversation, that Zeke Carell is the starting center, or is there some doubt about that? I, I agreed with it until yesterday, when, <laughs> oh. when Brian Kelly like okay. threw some shade on that. I mean, you know, sometimes I just don't know if he says things just to say things, or if like that's actually you know where we're looking at it. But you know, I I haven't had a chance to really hear back from any sources about that. But if I'm going to take Coach Kelly at his word, then it sounds like there's a chance that when fall camp starts, Jared Patterson could be back to center, oh. which okay. I would imagine would leave Zeke Carell out of the starting lineup, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but there's a lot of things they're doing on the offensive line right now that don't make a lot of sense to me. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, uh, okay, I guess this is not going to help my second question. <laughs> I, I was, Sorry. No, no, no. I'm, uh, I'm just kind of trying to look at the tea leaves and figure out what's going to happen here. Let me just start with this, then. What do you think is the most important domino to figure out along the offensive line as they try to get the best five players on the field? I think it's Jarrett Patterson, and, and I've, I've kind of felt that all along. It's about what are you going to do with him? Are you going to just continue to play him at center where you know he can play, right, which is the safer option. I mean, that is that is the most, hey, sure. at least we know we have two guys now in the starting lineup that have started where we're going to start them with Josh Luggett, right tackle, and Jarrett Patterson at center. Or, you know, do you decide, hey, what's best for Jarrett Patterson and what's best for the team? I think both of those things should factor into this decision. First team, then Jarrett Patterson, which would then say, hey, maybe tackle is the best place for him, and then maybe you move Josh Luggett to guard where Brian Kelly also said at the beginning of spring was Josh Lugg's best position, and then that changed <laughs> apparently midway through the spring, um, and now he's a, he's you know entrenched at right tackle. So I think, or do you put, play him at guard? I, I still think center or tackle would have been the way to go with Josh Lugg moving into guard, and then Blake Fisher at left tackle or right tackle, depending on where you feel most comfortable putting Jarrett, and then let the other guard position be a battle between you know the transfer Kane Madden, Andrew Kristoffik, and Quinn Carroll, and and, and uh, Rocco Spindler, the the true freshman so let those guys battle it out with you know I, I i still would push for a situation where if you went that route then you could also have rocco spindler being part of a rotation like we saw with tommy kramer and robert hainsey in 2017 which i think could make a lot of sense brian i think we 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 touched a little bit on kane madden last week so it, I, I know you've looked at some more film of him why don't, why don't you give me a, a breakdown give us a breakdown of of just what you see from him I, the, the positives the first thing you see is he's a he's a thick kid and he's he's kind of short and i don't know a better word to use other than stubby i don't mean it in a in a disrespectful manner just kind of giving you an idea of a body type so he's got right. real powerful short legs but he's got really strong hands i mean he is a kid that can deliver some punishment at the level he played at i don't know how that's going to translate to playing against guys from Wisconsin and Cincinnati and USC and teams like that. But at that level, he had very powerful hands. And the other thing I like, too, about him is this is a kid that on film, I broke down about five full games of him, and he rarely makes mistakes. Now, will that translate into a new offense for him? You know, we'll see. But he's a six-year senior. I would imagine he's going to pick the offense up really quickly. So he's a very assignment-correct kid. You kind of know what you're going to get from him. Those are the two things, to me, that first stand out about Kane Madden. The problem that I see is Notre Dame is a is a zone-based offense where they've asked their offensive linemen to move a lot. Outside zone mm-hmm. is their primary bread-and-butter play. Mm-hmm. This is not a kid that you want running outside zone. This is not a kid you want getting to the second level. Um, he's just he's very limited in his range of motion. He doesn't have much lateral quickness. Now, he can come down and drive block you now, and he can base block you and smack you in the face and deliver some power. But when he has to work laterally, he stands way up, which you wouldn't expect from a guy that's – he's listed as 6'3". He doesn't look 6'3". You know, you'd expect a guy like that to have a great natural pad level, but when he has to get outside of his comfort zone, which is about two steps in either direction, he tends to lift up because he knows 
knows he's not that athletic, and he knows he's kind of got to go, and then he loses a lot of his base. He's not great in space. He's not great on the second level. And and so you look at it and say, I don't know how well he fits into the Notre Dame-specific offense because of his lack of foot quickness and athleticism. But he is very powerful, and he's very smart, and he's very assignment correct on film. Brian Driscoll from irishbreakdown.com joining us on WSBT Radio to talk some Notre Dame football. All right, so I'm going to continue to pick at the scab here. So (laughs) give me, in your opinion, and this is based on the fact you got a guy like Jared Patterson coming back from injury, and, and let's just assume he comes back and he is his normal self, but... The goal of the offensive line is always to get the best five on the field, regardless of position. Don't even worry about position. Who do you believe the best five is going into fall camp? And is there a way to make those five guys work in the starting lineup? Okay, I know I can give you four, and I and I still have some uncertainty about five, and I'm not trying to duck the question. That's but fair. Here, That's fair. So I think Blake Fisher is flat out one of their best five. I mean, his, his talent is so – he's probably the most physically gifted player they have, and he's probably the most physically gifted freshman they've had since maybe Quentin Nelson back in 2014. Uh, okay. uh, Jarrett Patterson absolutely is in that five. I think, uh, I think Josh Lugg is certainly in that five when you combine his talent plus his experience and size. And I would put Zeke Carell in that based on what we've seen of him and his talent coming out of high school was somewhat important, you know, as far as this evaluation because we haven't seen a lot of these guys much, so we have to kind of go on that. But what we saw from him, I thought he played very well against North Carolina last year, and I thought he handled himself relatively well in the Alabama game considering the the jump up in competition he was making in only his second career start. Then after that, you you have a kind of look, I love Andrew Kostovic's potential, but he hasn't played a whole lot of football, and I think Rocco Spindler is an incredible talent as well. So uh, that's why I, I keep pushing the potential rotation like we saw in 2017. Look, let's be honest. The best offensive line Notre Dame has had in in Brian Kelly's tenure, which is the one that won the Joe Moore Award in 2017, rotated a different guy every series at tackle. Now, it can be a a little easier to do that at tackle than guard, but that's why, because I'm so uncertain of what we're going to see from Andrew Kristoffic, who has a lot of potential but hasn't shown it, and then a guy like Rocco Spindler, who is very talented but also a freshman, is there a way to work those two guys together to where your best five is really a combination of six? That's how I see it. I, I, I don't okay. see anything on film from Caden Madden that leads me to believe he's going to be able to be the caliber player at Notre Dame like he has at, at Conference USA. And, and look, to try to eliminate my own bias, I've sent his film to like seven or eight people that I respect that either played or coached the offensive line or their NFL draft analysts or scouts, and, and I've gotten the same answer back from every single person. So um, I could be wrong. We could all be wrong. And for Notre Dame's sake, we hopefully we are. Okay. Let's go to wide receivers. <laughs> man, scab has sweating been over here, man. I'm like I'm like feeling under, right. the, under the hot, hot, you know, the hot mic here. That's exactly right. Whew, Turn the up the light. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Austin, Brian Kelly mm-hmm. said yesterday that that uh, he's you know not going to be full go for a while with the running program and all that stuff. We're talking about six months out from his last surgery mm-hmm. at this point. Is your concern level any different with Austin right now after hearing any of that? No, because I wasn't I wasn't expecting him to just jump into fall camp 
full speed ahead. We did a receiver breakdown last week at Irish Breakdown on our podcast, and one of the things that Vince and I talked about was he needs to be on a pitch count early in fall camp, and yeah. I think this basically sets that. That he and he also needs to be on a pitch count early in the season. You don't want to take a kid that's broken a foot twice in the span of a year, and he's playing seventy snaps a game, right? I mean, you're going to have to build him up because there's getting back into shape to be ready to go in fall camp, and then there's getting into football shape. A lot of the kids are going to be spending June and July getting in football shape. Kevin Austin's just trying to get back to being 100%. Then he's going to need the time to get back in some football shape, which means you can't put that heavy load on him right away. So we were kind of expecting that. That's why we've tried to push back on the notion that Kevin Austin is just going to come out this year and be Notre Dame's best player day one. It, it might take him some time to, to really get his groove back, which you know kind of opens up some question marks at that boundary position if he's not able to go or at least not able to go full, full speed by the time you get to September 5th. Brian Driscoll from irisbreakdown.com joining us on WSBT Radio as we talk some Notre Dame football on this Tuesday evening. All across football, I think a lot of fans are falling in love with the quarterback that can move all over the place. You look at what Lamar Jackson has done for the Baltimore Ravens. Now, Patrick Mahomes is an elite passer, but you know, Brian, when he has the opportunity to run, he can be dangerous. He's not Lamar Jackson, but he is good enough and smart enough to pick up yardage down the field. Even you look at college football, guys that can throw and move. Spencer Rattler, I think the kid from Alabama that's that's coming along Bryce is going to be yeah, he's going to be that type of player. Well, Notre Dame brings in Jack Cohen, and he's a little more athletic than maybe people give him credit for, but he's a guy that, in the pocket, I think he makes good decisions. He gets the ball out on time, which I like to see. I guess when you look at Jack Cohn, is he getting a fair shake from those fans that want to see that running type quarterback? I mean, he's not going to run for 100 yards in a game, but I think he's got enough wiggle to him that he puts himself in position to make a positive play. I just think people need to stop looking for cookie cutters at quarterback. Yes, you like that kind of quarterback. Not you, just generally speaking. You like that kind of quarterback. That's fine. And there are quarterbacks that can win that way. But there's this guy named Tom Brady that at the year at age of 57 just won another Super Bowl, right? <laughs> uh, Aaron Rodgers is not a guy that I would consider necessarily a dynamic runner. He's a guy that uses his athleticism to manipulate the pocket, right? I mean, he's not someone. He's not John Elway, for example. You know, I, uh, who was the guy that won the national championship this past year? Mac Jones, right? He had negative yards rushing going into the co- into the postseason. <laughs> yeah. So it, look, here's what you need a quarterback. You need a guy that is that can ma- execute the offense at a high level and some offenses that requires a guy to move around all over the place and run right well Notre Dame had a guy like that the last couple years and the offense often bogged down because he couldn't execute the offense from a pass game standpoint that you needed to execute the offense there's a couple ways to attack the perimeter and make big plays in the pass game one is to have a quarterback that can step up and run another is is to have a wicked smart quarterback who's extremely accurate who can get the ball quickly out to the open players and allow them to go make plays and I still at the end of the day think that's the way to go you know you mentioned Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Well, how many Super Bowl rings does Lamar Jackson have? How many Super Bowl rings does Michael Vick have? 
None. Combined zero. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, as you mentioned, yes, he is athletic, but he is not a runner. He is a more he's more like John Elway than he is what Michael Vick was or Randall Cunningham or Steve Young early in his career when he before he kind of be got developed into a passing quarterback. Which is, look, yes, it's great that you can run and have that ability, but you need to be able to pick teams apart with your mind and with your arm. And as Lamar Jackson gets more experience in that regards, he's going to be a more effective quarterback. But you'll see him run less, and that's something that makes Patrick Mahomes so special. Yes, athletically he's talented, but he's also an incredibly bright, smart quarterback that that understands the need to, to process information. And that's why I say that is more important to me at the end of the day than the guy can run. You know, Trevor Lawrence became a very dynamic runner during his time at, at Clemson, but he didn't do a lot of that as a freshman. You know, he was a guy that ma- mainly was a pocket passer as a freshman. And so, uh, you know, I just feel like you look at a guy like, like I mentioned, Trevor Lawrence as a sophomore rushed for 563 yards. He went for 177 as a freshman. Well, that's the year they actually won a title, you know, and, and 177 yards and one touchdown. But he was dynamic in the passing game. And that's the that's still at the end of the day the most important thing for a quarterback. If you can find that and make a guy that's a dynamic runner, then yeah, you've got yourself a unicorn. But how many guys out there are like that? Brian, I I didn't read the article, but I saw your clickbaity headline where you said <laughs> <laughs> where you said Notre Dame could have a better chance to compete for a championship this year than in recent years. So explain. Explain what I would have seen if I would have clicked on that clickbait. Explain yourself, sir. Well, you should still click on it, Sean, because it's a great article. Uh, But no, it's more of of looking forward to 2022. We've had a lot of people come up to us in our podcast and ask us questions and things like that, because our shows are all live and people can ask questions. Is, you know, should, should Notre Dame be making moves in 2021 that build to 2022, you know, meaning, you know, start a younger quarterback because they're not going to win a title in 21 and start a younger quarterback or start the freshman offensive lineman. And, and I, my response is, why are you assuming that 2022 is going to be the the year for that? Say, well, Notre Dame's going to be better that year. Yeah, so is Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State, who are all also <laughs> replacing generational quarterbacks. And one of the things we talked about as the premise of the article is sometimes it's about making sure that you're, you're good in the right time. And what we meant by that is, if Notre Dame, if you took Notre Dame's best team and you put them against the best Alabama team from, you know, let's say the 2019 Alabama team or the 2018 Clemson team, they'd have a hard time winning those games because those were really special teams. This year, though, Alabama lost five first-round draft picks from their offensive line, and they're starting a freshman quarterback, a redshirt freshman quarterback, who, although very talented, is still a redshirt freshman quarterback with 22 career, ex- you know, passes and lost two first-round picks a receiver, a first-round pick and a second-round pick on the offensive line, and a first-round pick a running back. You look at Ohio State, their starting quarterback, no matter who it is, is going to have zero career passing attempts in college. You know, Clemson is losing Trevor Lawrence and, and Travis Etienne. And yes, DJ is a good quarterback, but he's not a very mobile quarterback, which is part of the reason why I think Clemson lost and, and was in a battle to have to win the two games he started last year. Because that offense requires a more mobile quarterback. So this is a year where those other teams are still going to be very, very good. But the gap has been closed with Notre Dame because I don't think those teams are as good and I actually think this Notre Dame team is going to be better than people think for a number of reasons. And so that was really what it came down to is this is – next year, all those things we just talked about, those teams are all going to be way more experienced. So even though Notre Dame should be better, those teams should also be a lot better, which is going to make it a lot harder. Plus, next year you have to beat Clemson and Ohio State in the regular season to get to the championship. This year you have to beat Wisconsin, North Carolina, and USC. Should be a little bit easier road as well. Hmm. 
I'm going to go back to something you talked about a second ago and, and dig a little deeper. So you were referencing Ian Book in the midst of the Jack Cohn commentary. I have so much respect for Sean Payton, the head coach of the Saints. Brian, I'm sure as a coach, you probably have a ton of respect for what he has done offensively Mm -hmm. through the years, uh, working with Drew Brees, even before Drew Brees, was a terrific mind in the NFL, got his chance with the Saints, and truly one of the best offensive minds and head coaches in the National Football League. I got to admit, Brian, I took a step back in the way I thought about Ian Book when he took a chance on him with a fourth-round pick. That kind of hit me right between the eyes. So try to be Sean Payton for a second. What does he see in Ian Book that maybe those of us that watched him on a daily basis, we have some questions about who he can be in the NFL. What is he latching onto that makes him believe he can turn this Notre Dame quarterback into, at the very least, a serviceable backup and maybe something even better than that? You know, I want to go back to the conversation we had prior to the Senior Bowl. And those are the things that I think that he sees. And what we talked about then was, obviously Ian Book is a very athletic player. Everybody knows about the win- winning record. And and one of the two things that I think that maybe people don't talk enough about was, number one is, I think Ian Book has a better arm than a lot of people think he does. Whenever I've complained about Ian Book, you've never heard me say, yeah, he can't physically make that throw. I've never said that. It's more of, he doesn't process information process, quickly. Yeah. He doesn't make reads. And so I think he's looking at it saying, well, hey, I can fix that. If you got the physical schools, I can work on schools I can, or skills. I can work on that. I can coach that up. You know, you don't have to go to class anymore. You're not ha- taking those those hard classes in Notre Dame anymore. You're now just, this is all we're doing. And I think when you have that, plus you have a kid who's got the winning pedigree. And I think the other part of it, too, is when Ian Book has been at his best as a passer, it's usually been late in games when he has no choice but to make the read and get the ball out. I think of late against LSU in 2017 when he came off the bench to rally Notre Dame in that game and made some just brilliant throws in that game. I think of the fourth quarter against Virginia Tech in 2019. I think of the fourth quarter against um, this past season against Clemson where he was able to, hey, look, there's you got no choice but to make the plays now, baby. And he stepped up and he did it. And you saw him what he physically can do when he does go through reads like that, when he's not afraid to make a mistake. Because look, last drive of the game, who cares if you make a mistake? You're losing. If you don't make a play, you're going to lose the game. And he went out and played with a more freedom, with a more with more confidence in himself, and he made throws, tough throws. And I think he sees those traits and he says, if I can get him to play like that all the time, we may have something. And I think that's what Sean Payton saw from him, because it's not a physical tools problem. And Sean, let me just throw this in before you sure. ask your question. Uh, in a w- weird way, Brian, Sean Payton can help Brian Kelly alter the quarterback conversation at oh, Notre Dame. Yes. Absolutely. You know, he can really help BK if he turns Book into this or that in the NFL. Absolutely, because then, you know, Brian Kelly is going to be able to point to, and I would think he'd be a little incorrect on that, and say, hey, look, this guy's an NFL quarterback and all this other kind of stuff. I'd say, well, why couldn't you get him to pass like that in five years? (laughs) You know, but uh, I'm just, I'm joking, kind of. But no, it it certainly would, because that's so important to be able to say, hey, look, look what we did for Ian Book. And and I think it's not even that helps Brian Kelly, it helps Tommy Reese. Because Tommy Reese can say, hey, look, I took this three-star kid that's six foot, you know, 205 Mm -hmm. pounds, doesn't have a cannon arm. You know, again, I say he doesn't lack physical tools, but he also isn't Patrick Mahomes either. Let's be honest about that. Uh, you know, and, and we were able to turn him into a, a winning quarterback, two-time playoff appearance, and 
he's now starting in the NFL and making plays in the NFL, you know, that's a great selling point. So you're absolutely right. Sean Payton could end up being the reason for that, even though, you know, we could nitpick about whether or not that was sure. because of Notre Dame or Sean Payton. But you know dang well Tommy Reese and Brian Kelly are going to – how they're going to be spinning on the recruiting trail, and it would work, and it should work, and it would be a great selling point. So Brady Quinn started 20 games in his NFL career. Do you do you think Ooh. do you think at the end of the day <laughs> over under for Ian Book? Uh, <laughs> under. Wow. I'm, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going to take the under. Still going to go under. Okay. Yeah. I think the only way it doesn't is if like he's the backup and the starter goes down like game one, and he gets like a full season worth because of something like that. That would be sure. the only the only reason I would see it that way. I wish I knew the correct answer off the top of my head, but. Can I change that to Deshaun Kaiser? He had what, 12, 13, 14? I think it was starts? 15. 15? Yeah, he had that, maybe a little bit more than that. I think the one, his rookie season, he had 15 in Cleveland. Okay. Yeah, I'm you're, sure you're correct on 15. that. He started off 15 games. He, he, he went 0 15, but yeah. He started, <laughs> right. He <started. laughs> right. Yeah. I will take the over on Ian Book winning more games as a starter than Deshaun Kaiser. <laughs> yeah. Can I go with that? Yeah. <laughs> Las Vegas, we've got a we've got a wager to put in really quick. Hey Brian, tell our listeners what's happening right now at irishbreakdown.com. Well, I'm actually really excited. As soon as I'm done uh, with you guys, I'm going to publish an article from Ryan Roberts from Coast to Coast Stick Outing. He is a new uh, analyst that I've hired to write a weekly NFL draft analysis, and he has a full Hmm. evaluation of Kyle Hamilton coming out on the site, which I'm very, very excited about. So uh, he's going to start working on weekly columns, breaking down Notre Dame NFL draft picks, opponent NFL draft picks. So we're really trying to expand uh, the type of coverage we have, and uh, tonight's going to be his first article. He did a really excellent write-up, and his process is, Look, Kyle Hamilton is not just the best safety in the country. He could be one of the best safeties of this generation. He 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 believes that strong in Kyle Hamilton. So I was like, what? That's a great place to start. So at six o'clock when I get off with you guys, I'm going to publish that article and uh, we're going to get it out. And I'm very very excited to have Ryan on board with us. All right, check it out, IrishBreakdown.com. In just a couple of moments, and Brian will be back on Thursday to talk some Notre Dame football recruiting. Brian, always enjoy the visit. We thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me on, guys. You bet. That's Brian Driscoll. Check out the website, irishbreakdown.com. And I'm intrigued with that Kyle Hamilton article that's going to be posted in just a couple of moments. It's we'll not do the bye five Sean, next. It. It's 554 WSBT.